The new year is upon us. I like the blurb. I don't always like the little blurbs that I put for the sermons, but this one I like. Do you want to have a happy new year? Do you want to have a happy and a full life? It seems like that's what we think about during this time of year. What, what can I do to make my life better? What can I do to improve? What are my goals? What, what is it that I want to achieve? What is it that can make this a good year, a full year, a happy year? And the answer is this, then learn to exalt God with your life. You have those, those questions, and it's not like the, the other things in life are unimportant, but they've got to have God in them. Uh, even the, the, the verse of the day that was sent out today, for those of you who receive it, you know, this thought of uh, God's word being the light to our path, a light to our feet, Shining on the path and opening up the way for us so we know where to go, so we won't be in the dark, so we won't be lost. That is what we must do, is know God's will and follow after it. It's the only way to be happy, the only way to know Christ and then to be fulfilled in life. Because Jesus is the one who came to give us life and to make it an abundant life. Life to the full, life to overflowing. Last week, we looked at Mary's words in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And I think she exhibits somebody who is filled with life. And in those, uh, in those words, you can hear her filled with joy and rejoicing. And the reason why is because she has been hungry for God. She was lowly and hungered for God, exalting Him. And God filled her life with good things. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent empty away. So, we can, I'm still, this is a follow-up to this idea of Mary and joy and blessing. And I think Psalm 103 was an inspiration to her. And when that you read her words in Luke chapter 1... They're filled with so many phrases and words from the Old Testament. And her words actually sounded like a psalm. And now we're turning back to a psalm that I believe inspired her. And we see that in particular with just this very first verse. In Psalm 103, verse number 1. And I'll read verse number 2 with it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Now you can't, I can't read that without a little bit of something in me, you know? You can't read that and just say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You can't read it like this. These, this psalmist, and this, this is, I think, inspiration for Mary, is that she was filled with a love and appreciation for God, her Creator, for the great and mighty Jehovah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You can't say that without feeling, because without feeling it becomes meaningless. 
We praise the Lord God. We exalt the Lord God with all that we are. And I think if we can do that, once we realize who God is and what He's done for us, how lowly we are, but how great He is, and yet He has done these great things for us and filled our lives with good things, then we can truly be full. Then we can truly be happy. Then we can have hope. Then we can truly live the life that God meant for us to live. One thing I think we would all agree on, though we might disagree on many things, and even, even the atheists would disagree with me on one point, or they might disagree with me on many points, but on this one thing I think they'll agree, most of them, and that is we are here. We are here. You are here. We are in this life. And the question is, what are we going to do with it then? What is the meaning of life? Why am I here? What will I do? What's my purpose? What will bring me joy and happiness? And really, we're asking, why am I here? We know we're all here, but the question is, why? And I think the reason we're here is because God put us here. God put each one of you here. God put you here, and you're not just a body with, without meaning, without purpose, you are a body with a soul. You are going to live eternally. And the question of why am I here, the, the answer is in Psalm 103. You're, you're here to bless the Lord God. You're here to have a relationship with Him and appreciate Him and to love Him, to exalt Him. And when you exalt Him then he will lift you up. God is worthy of exaltation. And when we exalt him, then he comes and he lifts us up. He exalts us. Let all that is within you bless the Lord God. If you will do that, if you will make that your goal this year, is to learn how to do this a little bit better. Exalt the Lord in your life. When you do that, you're going to have this full life. A life that is filled with meaning and purpose and happiness. A life that is filled recognizes the one who has filled it. Exalt the Lord God with all your soul. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If we can do these things, these very simple and big things, just to exalt God, we can do that. We will have the full life. God gave us life, so live it to the full, and don't just drift through life. I think that, you know, as we come into this new year... And we think about exalting the Lord. It's, you know, we come to, to church to praise the Lord, to bless the Lord. We, we agree, we do that on Sundays. We come here together and praise His name together. And that's good. That's what we must do and what we naturally should do 
to the one who has done so much for us. But then as we go about our lives each and every day, we can kind of uh, just do life without really thinking and just look forward to coming back on Sunday. God wants something more than that. He wants to be in our lives 24-7. He wants to fill us with blessings, with hope, with happiness, with joy, because we know Christ Jesus, our Savior. We can't just kind of drift through life, kind of wandering in and out of, of days and weeks and months and years. Reminds me of, if you're familiar with that uh, story by Roald, oh, no, where the wild things are. The boy apparently falls asleep, and then he's gets in a boat and he's drifting in and out of months and I don't know how it goes. I shouldn't have said it. But that's what my mind thought of. But he's just drifting. He's just kind of going with the flow. And we God didn't make us to be like that. We are to live our lives with intention and purpose. Remember the idea of holiness is that we are to, to be set apart from what is common so that we can serve God's purpose, so that we can live for Him. That's where the blessed life is. That's where the full life is. Not just kind of drifting through life. It's about knowing God's Word so that we can know His will for us and live according to it. That's where happiness is. When we know His will and we start to put it into action in our lives and live by it, then we can shout out and, and say with the psalmist and with Mary, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Forget none of His benefits. So what are some things that we're not to forget? What are the things that we're supposed to remember that will help us then focus on God and to be ready to bless His name? Remember what the Lord has done for you. Don't forget the things that He has done for you. Every day of our lives we're to live in such a way that we're living like we have been died for. Jesus gave his life for us so that we can then live with him in our lives, filling us with hope and purpose. So, now that was verses 1 and 2, and it's leading into the next verses, telling us of all the things, reminding us of some very great things of what the Lord has done for us. So, there's a bunch of space here on your outline, or you can grab a paper or whatever. And as we go through these verses, verses 3 through 14, it is highlighting great things the Lord has done for us. If you want to be able to exalt the, the Lord in your life, then it first starts with remembering what the Lord has done for you. And I'm reminded of 1 John that it says we we love not that we not that we loved him first, but he first loved us. He first loved us and gave his life for us. God is the one who first loved us. And so when we know that love, then we can love in return. So remember what the Lord has done for you and write some of these things down, whatever hits 
you, whatever is important, all these things are important and they all have meaning for us. Verse number three, who pardons all your iniquities. This is going to be a recurring theme in these verses. He pardons our iniquities. The sins that we have, the times that we have just lived our lives and according to our will and done things that were contrary to what God wants us to do. All of those times, he is able to pardon. He will pardon our iniquities. Who heals our diseases. We need some healing going on, don't we? Let's pray to the Lord God for him to bring healing. Is there a time that you were so sick in life that you just felt like, oh, I just wish it were done? You're in so much pain, so much discomfort that you, you thought it'd be better to not be alive. Some of you have probably experienced that. I've never been to that point, I don't think. But I know when I was young and I had these migraine headaches that were just intense and would, I would get so sick for hours upon hours. And that was misery. But I praise the Lord God that I grew out of that. Or should I say, God helped me to grow out of that and overcome that. So... The Lord heals us of our diseases. How he does that, sometimes perhaps miraculous. Sometimes I hope that uh, I give glory to God for all of our healing, the way God has designed our bodies and that he works within our bodies to bring about the healing. That's all from God. Let us praise God who heals our diseases. And ultimately, we all have that hope for all who are in Christ Jesus of going home where there is going to be no more disease. He will heal everyone then. Verse number four, who redeems your life from the pit. Have you ever done something so stupid that you probably could have died from it? Probably most of the guys here would, would say, yeah, it's more of a guy thing, I think, that that would happen. Um, God's the one who redeems us from the pit. He is the one who saves us from destruction. The idea of a pit being thrown in, being stuck there, I, I think of... Uh, Young Joseph was thrown into the pit and then sold into slavery. God's the one who saved him from the pit. God saves us. How many times has God saved us in our lives physically? That's one of those questions that maybe as we get to a, get a go to heaven someday and maybe we'll get a look back at our life or just kind of know everything that happened. It's a possibility. And maybe we'll see in our lives that, you know what? God intervened when this was about to happen. God did something. God's angels did something for me. God's angels are active and work and minister to his saints. Maybe that, maybe that time that I did something so dumb that I could have literally died. Physically, maybe it was God 
who rescued me. And praise be to God for what he has done. He redeems your life from the pit. So God pardons iniquities. God heals diseases and sickness. God redeems your life from the pit. And it is he, verse 4, part B, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Sometimes having loving kindness, loving others, doing good in spite of what has been done to you, having compassion for those who show no compassion, being kind, being good, it's not always easy. But praise God, he has helped us to be able to do that. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Live within that crowning that you have received. If God wants you to be kind and loving and compassionate, then by his power you can. And I would say without God, we would all be uh, very unkind, very unloving. I'm reminded of a story I read in the uh, headlines, uh, I believe just yesterday, that already in Philadelphia there were 14 people shot on New Year's Day. So after one year where they had reached a level high of, in Philadelphia, over 500, coming close to 600 uh, uh, homicides, that they are already working on outdoing themselves this coming year. And as I say, they being like that, they being murderous, being hateful, that's all of us without God. Is it not? Don't we just, it's, it's so natural to hate, to be angry, to want to hurt and harm others and get revenge. But it is God who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Are you not glad that God has done that for you? Are you not so very happy that God has blessed you with the life that you have and that you're not a part of a murderous gang? Forget none of his benefits. Verse number five, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. God does good things for us over and over in our lives. And as we grow old and we still, and we start to feel like we're falling apart, God is the one who gives, this, gives us this youthful vigor and energy and spirit. Think of Brother Jay if you need to. You want an example. That is a blessing from the Lord that we can have our youth renewed like an eagle, even as the body fails. Remember all of what the Lord has done for you. Forget none of his benefits. As you enter into this year, aren't you thrilled to know what God has done for you? 
He pardons iniquities, heals diseases, redeems our life from the pit, crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Do you remember those things? Do you live according to those things? Or are you just kind of drifting through life? I think of these things are meaningful to us and we take these things and we just apply the action that they require. When somebody's done something good for us, then we have got to respond in a like manner. He starts then talking a little bit more broadly to the people of Israel uh, in this psalm then as, as I think we get to verse number 6. So let's look at verse 6 and 7. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. Now you think about the when it's talking about the his makes known his ways to Moses were drawn back to a particular period in the history of the nation of Israel and to the, his acts to the sons of Israel. So the nation was there. Moses, I'm, I'm drawn to the idea that there was a time when the psalmist, they go to this all of the, so often. Do you remember when you were slaves in Egypt? When you had a taskmaster who was Harsh and brutal. Pharaoh was unloving. He was not kind to you. And you were slaves in this foreign land. Do you remember that time? Do you remember the God who came along and who took you and carried you out of there on eagle's wings? Who saved you? Who redeemed you from the pit? And God brought you out of there and he brought them to Mount Sinai so that then instead of serving this terrible master, they could have a new master, the Lord God, who is filled with loving kindness and compassion. Oh, what a wonderful thought of going from being a slave to a terrible, brutal dictator to coming to the one true loving God. Verse 8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. That's a quote. That's a quote from the time that They were at Mount Sinai. Moses had gone up on the mountain, gotten the the law, had the tablets, came down and found the adulterous, idolatrous people serving a new master, a calf, a golden calf that they had made with their own hands. And God was going to destroy them all. But he showed mercy. And when Moses said, hey, i got to know you're going to go with me. These people are a little hard to handle. I need to know that you're going to be with me when we go on our way from here. God revealed himself to him in some 
way. God, Moses was able to see his backside. And these are the words that were given there in Exodus when God was walking away. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. Oh, how we need to remember that God is slow to anger and we need to thank him for it all of the time. Because we do some dumb things. We're very rebellious. We're very selfish. And I pray the Lord God is working in you to make you less and less so. But the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And that is what we need. So give thanks to God. Live for the one who is so good to you. Verse number 9 comes a little bit of a warning here. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. A warning comes. It's a new year, right? In years past, have you truly lived for God like you should? Or do you think you've reached the pinnacle and you're done growing and you're going to be fine the rest of your life? Let us remember that each and every day and each and every month and year is a new year for us to grow and mature in Christ until he comes. Let us not take our spiritual lives for granted whether we are age 7 or age 95. I don't care what you are. Every year we must remember that we need God's grace and compassion and mercy because He will not always strive with us. And if we ever let go of Him, if we ever decide that we're all right without Him and that we don't need to grow a little bit more or learn a little bit more, then we're going to stand before him on judgment day. And instead of being humbled before him, we are going to be exalting ourselves. We will be proud and arrogant in our own ways, not relying upon him. And then he will humble us. He will not always strive with us. So you make sure that you're humbling yourself now. So then that on that final day, he will lift you up. Verse number 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Here's more of his mercy. Verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, how high is that? The heavens above the earth. It's pretty, pretty good distance, isn't it? We think it pretty impressive that man can go to space. That's a far distance. But we haven't reached the outermost space. Impossible. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. The great distance from here to the heaven, that's a great distance. And the distance 
that compares to that or is greater than that is how much his loving kindness is towards us. It's a great magnitude. It's a great loving kindness that he shows towards us who fear him. Let us remember his loving kindness. He who did not spare his own son. That's a great loving kindness. Let us fear him and turn towards him. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west. So far he has removed our transgressions from us. All right, so east is that way, west is that way. Now they'd seem to go infinitely apart, but but now in my mind, since I know the earth is round, I can start to think, well, if I go... If, if, east is, if, if west is that way, east is this way, if they keep going, going around, they'll meet on the other side of the earth, right? So if I get to that point, there is a specific distance, right? So if I wanted to go that distance, but, but it turns out if I went around the other side of the world where the east meets the west, suddenly the east doesn't meet the west anymore. It's not there. There's not a point where they come together. They are continually moving apart from each other. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Oh, we're sinful. We're selfish. We make these terrible errors. We forget to cling to God and grow in Him. But when we turn back to Him, oh, He is so loving and forgiving. And He removes our sins from us. And they're gone. Verse 13, Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Fear him. And he will have compassion on you. Fear God? I thought God is love. You can't fear that, can you? Well, fear him. Respect him. In terms of the way that we looked at last week with Mary's words, the mother of Jesus, she, she, oh, she spoke in these terms of the lowly versus the proud. Those who humbled themselves before God. That's what it means to fear him. You don't think proudly of yourself. You think lowly of yourself. Yes, I'm a sinner. And I will bow before the great and almighty God who created me. Fear him. Respect him. Revere him. Verse 14. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are dust. Our frame. I'm made of flesh and bones. That's, that's all I am. I can get crushed and uh, beaten down pretty easily. I can, we can die. We're fragile, aren't we? We're just dust. The dust we shall return. God knows that. But he is the one who created us. And he provides for us our greatest need. 
He saves us from diseases and from death, and he helps us in so many ways, and he saves us. But above all, he removes our iniquities from us. What a great and wonderful thing God has done for us. If you want to live the blessed life, then you need to live remembering these things, remembering every day what the Lord God has done for you. God has filled your life with good things, so live that life to the full. Live your life to the glory of God. Do great things for his wonderful name, and the Lord will bless you all your life. The question I have that I want to end with is that idea that as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. When does he do that? When does God remove our sins from us? Well, in Acts chapter 22, there is a place where Paul is recounting what happened with him and his conversion. And in Acts chapter 22, verses 12 through 16, Paul is talking and telling people what happened with him in his life. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law and well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing near me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And Paul remembers that, I'm sure, always, that God's the one who heals him of his diseases, just as it said in Psalm 103. And at that very time, I looked up at him. And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, and to see the righteous one, and to hear an utterance from his mouth. I'll just pause and say to my friends who are believers in Christ Jesus that this same kind of thing, not quite in the same unique way that Paul was to receive it, but these words are true for you also. He has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one, to see Jesus. We see him in these wonderful words of this book. We see him in each other. We know his presence in our lives and to hear utterances from his mouth. Verse 15, for you will be a witness to him, for him to all men of what you have seen and heard. And you talk about great things and living a great life. That is the same possibility we have in our lives is to be a witness. That's all Paul did in his life. And we look at Paul and we think, Paul is one who blessed the Lord with all his soul. All of his life was a blessing to God. What a wonderful, blessed life Paul lived. But, when were his sins removed from him? That's the main question, right? Verse 16 says, now why do you delay? This is Ananias speaking to Paul still. He says, now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. And the Lord God has called you. And I pray that everybody who has received that calling, 
that you have listened to him and said, I'm following Christ. He called me, said, come follow me and I'm after him. And you have been baptized into him and you know that your sins have been separated from you. They've been removed from you by a far distance. They are gone. I pray that you all remember that and that you will follow after Jesus. And for those of you who have not been immersed into Christ, I want to ask you, why do you delay? Why do you delay? Get up. You believe in Jesus? You've heard him calling for you, whispering your name, saying, come to me, come to me. Come follow me and I'll give you the full life. Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. If you need to know what you need to do to be saved, you let me know today. Let someone else in this church know and give your life to him. But church, I call upon us all to live lives to the full. Live for Christ Jesus. Be filled with his wonderful goodness. We're now going to remember Christ in in, uh, this giving of the communion feast with the cup and with the bread.